Several years ago, I ran into my friend Ben at a soccer game on a Saturday morning. And after we exchanged pleasantries, I said, uh, so Ben, what do you have planned for the day? Are y'all up to anything exciting? And he said, oh, we have a really exciting day in store. And I said, oh yeah, what are you doing? He said, well, after the soccer game, we're gonna go grab some donuts and then we are going to the bank. And I just sort of paused waiting for the exciting announcement about what they were gonna do that day. And so I looked at him and I said, Ben, I thought you said you were doing something exciting. And he said, we are. And I said, what's that? He said, we're going to the bank. And I said, what is exciting about going to a bank? And he said, well, last week on the way home from school, uh, Charlie, who was his 10 year old was in the back seat. And Charlie said, hey dad, what is that building over there? And Ben said, what do you mean, Charlie? And Charlie said, dad, what is that building right there? And Ben said, buddy, that's the bank. And Charlie said, well, what's a bank? And Ben said he almost had to pull over the car because he said, what do you mean, what's a bank? The bank is the place where I go and uh, we get money and the place where I deposit checks. It's, uh, it, it's the place uh, where we do our finances. And Charlie said from the back seat, dad, I thought that you deposited all your checks on your phone. I thought that you did all of that from your iPhone. Why do you need a bank? And it occurred to Ben in that moment that he had raised a 10 year old who had never been inside of a bank. Think about that. There are young people, probably in your families this morning, that have never walked into a bank. Can you imagine? And so Ben took Charlie to the bank. That was their exciting thing to do that day. Friends, think about it. These didn't exist 15 years ago. 15 years ago, uh, we didn't have the ability uh, to take a picture of a check and to deposit it into our bank account. 15 years ago, we didn't have the ability to do email and uh, text messages. 15 years ago, uh, we didn't have the ability to uh, pick up a phone call and talk to a friend halfway across the world. We had none of those capabilities sitting in our pockets. The world has changed over the last 15 years. And I gotta tell you, over the last six weeks, I have been amazed. I've taken a step back and I've been amazed at how much innovation has happened in our world. Uh, I was just reading a new story this morning about a, a student at UNT who uh, has created a face mask out of a, a diving equipment so that um, we can breathe clean air. I think about uh, the number of businesses who've had to redefine how they do their business. The number of workout studios and yoga studios who uh, eight weeks ago didn't have an online presence now have on-demand classes. I think about restaurants who have revolutionized their business through takeout. I mean, now in Texas, we can get margaritas to go. I know that we're all Presbyterians, but I know some of you at home, home right now are saying, hallelujah, amen, and I'm with you. It's exciting. And let me just say, I'm excited because it looks like margaritas to go are here to stay. Friends, in the wilderness season that we find ourselves in, I think one of the lessons that we should learn is uh, that the wilderness is a place of innovation. The wilderness is the place of newness. Uh, innovation, the Latin word for innovation is novus, which means new. I think about uh, how true that is for the Israelites. 
Everything is new for the Israelites. They were uh, slaves in Egypt, and now they have been led into freedom, into the promised land, and everything is new. Yeah, the questions about who they are as a people and their, uh, where they uh, get their worth. Uh, yeah, there are questions around uh, their purpose, but even the basic questions like, uh, where do we eat now? Where do we get water now? Everything is new for the Israelites. In the chapter before our passage today, the Israelites are asking that of Moses. Moses, we're hungry. Where do we get food? And so God rains down uh, manna, bread, from heaven every single day. It's where we, uh, where we get, give us our daily bread from. And so in our passage today, uh, Moses has been confronted by the Israelites who have said, uh, did you bring us out into the wilderness, into this place of newness, just so that we can die? I mean, the irony of that question uh, makes me laugh a little bit. I mean, these were slaves in Israel who think that God was going to bring them into a place of newness and leave them. No, this is just a place where they have to understand how to live in a new way, in a new life. So listen uh, to what happens next. So from the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. And the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Oreb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Don't you know Moses is beginning to think, oh, anything is possible at any moment? I mean, this is a guy who uh, was told to pick up a stick and that stick was once a snake. Uh, this is a person who uh, parted a sea so that Israelite slaves could walk into freedom. Uh, this is a person who saw plague after plague after plague. Uh, this is a person who has just seen manna rain down from heaven. This is a person who has now been told to pick up a stick and to strike a rock. A rock? New life doesn't come from rocks. Uh, life can grow on rocks, but it doesn't grow in rocks. Uh, and Moses doesn't even question it. Moses, Moses picks up the staff and he strikes a rock and water burst out of it. Oh, this story is a story that only makes sense in the wilderness. 
The wilderness is a place uh, that is set apart from time. The wilderness is a place where the constraints of uh, the world and the limitations of the world no longer apply. The wilderness is a place that says it doesn't matter what you're good at and what you're not good at. The wilderness uh, is a place that says it doesn't matter how you used to do it. That doesn't apply anymore. The wilderness is a place that says it doesn't matter how much money you made or who your neighbors were or who your friends were. Uh, Something new is happening here because in the wilderness, all options are on the table. Uh, The wilderness says you can pick up a stick and hit a rock and water will pour out of it. But we come to know some things that are very important about the very nature of who God is in this story. We come to know that we believe in a God who promises not only to walk alongside of us in all seasons of our lives, but a God who says, I'm going to create new ways forward. I'm not a God who is stuck in one place, in one time, and in one way. No, I am a God who is going to be made known in new ways for all times. We come to know that uh, the Israelites feel like they're stuck, that they can't see a way out, that they can't see a way forward, but just because they can't see a way out and a way forward doesn't mean that God can't. Oh, we believe and we come to know in this story that the very nature of God is a God who is alive, a God who is on the move in the world, a God who is pulling us forward, not only in faith, but in relationship with the divine and with one another. There are two important uh, lessons in this text that I want to point out today. We can interpret Scripture 700 different ways, but there are two interpretations that I think are really important. Uh, And it goes back to the wilderness being a place where the limitations and the constraints that we have come to know in our daily lives no longer matter. That the wilderness is a place where all options are on the table. And the wilderness is a place of innovation. Uh, Moses was told by God, pick up a, a staff and strike a rock and water will come out of that. That doesn't make sense in any other place than the wilderness. But it shows that God can see a new way forward with materials that we would only see as limitations. Let me put this in modern-day language. Shelby Ricketts is a church member. He uh, has a a business that produces products for 3M. Well, eight weeks ago, Shelby began to ask questions like, what can my business do to help those who are on the front lines today? How can we help uh, medical professionals stay protected. And so he got together with a group of his engineers at his office and they began to design face shields for medical workers. And they put together a prototype and they got it tested. And now today, they are producing hundreds of thousands of masks to help those who are caring for COVID patients. It would have been so easy to say, no, we only make this one kind of product. This is what we do. But I believe that by the power of God, by the imagination of God, by the grace of God, this group of people came together and they said, what can we do with what we have today to care for those who are most in need? Oh, the wilderness, this season where all options were on the table, 
became a place of innovation for Shelby and for so many others. But that's not just limited to what we do professionally or what we produce. No, the second important lesson in this text is uh, we come to know that the very nature of God is this, that God can look on uh, things that we think are dead, that are rocks, that are hard, and God doesn't write those places off, but God sees those as uh, the very place where new life can burst forth. Think about it. What places in your life have you written off and you thought, oh, that thing is as hard as a rock? There's no way that new life can come out of that. What relationship have you written off and you said, you know what, I just don't think that anything good can come out of that anymore. So we're just going to put that in the backyard. Uh, What passion did you have that you felt like, you know what, the world has told me, don't pursue my passion. Pursue the thing that I can uh, make a living out of. And now in this wilderness season, you have re-engaged in that passion. And what you are finding is that thing that you thought was dead, that is the place and the source of new life for you. What is the dream that you have put on the shelf that you thought, you know what? I was a kid when I really wanted to do that. And uh, it is be- it's, it's hardened in a way that you didn't think it could ever come back. And in this season of wilderness, it is bringing forth new life. Maybe it's something um, much deeper and harder, things we don't like to talk about. Maybe it's uh, the struggle or the addiction in this season where you thought you just had to play by the world's rules on that. That you had resigned yourself to thinking, yeah, I'm just going to keep drinking every day of my life. But in this wilderness season, you are beginning to get some clarity that that's not the life that you want to live. We come to know in this passage the promise of God, that God sees the places that we think are dead and written off, and God sees those as the source of new life. Here's the deal. I don't know how much water came out of that rock that day. After Moses struck it, it could have turned into a water fountain. It could have turned into a lake. But this is what I know. The places in our life that we think are hard as a rock, those are the places that God sees abundant life. And not just a little bit of water, but like a whole lake full of water. Friends, it would have been impossible for me to preach a sermon and to tell a story about a guy named Moses who was asked to pick up a stick and strike a rock and water came out of that rock and not preach that sermon and that story at a place called White Rock Lake. Friends, the promise of God is this, that God is always doing something new. That God is always looking at the hardened places in our lives as places and possibilities for new life. For one of the lessons of the wilderness is this. This is a season of innovation. This is a season of newness. So where in your life today 
do you need to do what you can with what you have and to live out the fullness of God that is promised? Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, we find ourselves in this wilderness season and we're thankful for the new life that you are springing forth in our world and in our lives. May we come to recognize the places that we have written off and constrained as places of new possibilities and hope. For we pray in your holy name. Amen.